Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. I, you know, this podcast is not uh, sponsored by Apple, uh, but it does seem as though uh, this entire podcast network does in fact run on Apple products. And I think the point that I'm trying to get at is that Apple should be giving us stuff for free. That's I think that's just it's just putting good it out luck there. with that. <laughs> yeah. Of all of the companies whose products we use, they're probably the least likely right. to be like, yeah, here's things, here's things for free. Here's things for free. Um, I know. Sad. I actually only recently switched to using uh, Apple products for podcasting, um, though I have been a, a long time user as uh, like an individual but uh you know so far this experience is nice you know so i got my new mini that i record on and i also got a new ipad for mostly just for fucking around on just something fun to have but i've been using the sidecar feature just to have uh, audacity offloaded onto a smaller screen so i can see it and know that it hasn't fucked up on me that it is still in fact recording each right. session um but i don't have to do anything with it and i like that it's just out of the way yeah, you know that's I run two monitors, so I have I have our video chat on one on my left to my left, and then um, uh, I, I record into GarageBand and GarageBand over on the right. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's nice to be able to just be like, "What is this still recording? How loud am I being? Is it good? <laughs> All right, did it pick up my sniffle? Yes, of course it did. <laughs> of course it did. Of course it did. I I was using a, a two monitor setup with my my old desktop. Um, but there were two smaller monitors and I actually am cheating now and I'm using the big monitor that work gave me nice. <laughs> for, for this setup, uh, and using one of my smaller monitors for work. Cause I really, like I, all day long I'm unplugging and like walking over to the couch or like to the, you know, the kitchen right. table to take a meeting or whatever. You know, I, I'm not at my desk for an entire work day ever. So there wasn't really a need to always have this big monitor. It was kind of underutilized. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, you found you put it to good use. I have, I have, as all things uh, should be. Um, but this is not to talk about our office setups, although we do it almost every episode. We are here, in fact, <laughs> to talk about uh, movies, and more specifically, uh, we are here to celebrate Catherine Hahn. 
who yes. uh, just finished her run on WandaVision just a couple of days ago uh, from, from the time you were listening to this episode. It was just a couple of days ago. Unless you subscribe to our Patreon, then it was uh, today. Uh, today she finished her run uh, on uh, WandaVision. So, or, well, at least ended season sure. one on WandaVision because we're recording this before that episode, so we don't know... She could be dead. I don't know. I doubt it. But I mean, obviously, uh, as of the recording of this episode, we uh, can't spoil the last episode of WandaVision because we haven't seen it. But are we spoiling anything? Are we just not gonna not gonna touch that because uh, Catherine Hahn's character has uh, become a lot more important to the show than it was originally implied? Yeah. So uh, we'll leave it at that. If for those of you that maybe have not seen uh, WandaVision, but uh, I don't know, it's probably going to come up a little bit uh, throughout the episode, but maybe not too spoilery. Um, but this month, actually, we, we're going all in and we're actually so we're we're starting the month off with a Catherine Hahn episode um, to talk mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. you know, her as as an actress. She's fantastic. Uh, but then the rest of the month, we're actually going to talk about movies with Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie, because at the end of the month. Uh, we we see Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, kick off, so we're yeah. kind of celebrating them as actors. Well, and you got to see in Slack the other day that I uh, frequently fuck up and refer to him as Sebastian Shaw. Yes, uh, but that's a different Marvel character. <laughs> yep, yeah, who is played by Kevin Bacon? <laughs> uh, if uh, they carry that yeah. one over, that's true. That's true. Uh, in the uh, the first class uh, reboot universe, um, but yeah, so. Uh, the, the picks this month were really interesting. So you had selected, uh, this uh, one that we're going to talk about today for, uh, Catherine Hahn. Uh, the first, uh, of the movies, uh, featuring, uh, Sebastian and Anthony, uh, was one that I had actually watched last year. And I think you and I talked about, but I can't remember if we talked about it on the, the podcast I, at all. We might have. Uh, and I picked it... I picked it specifically because if you like Sebastian Stan, you won't after watching this movie. <laughs> uh, week three of this month was not uh, not so much a listener request, uh, so we didn't include it in our uh, month of, of listener requests that we just got finished doing. Uh, so if, you, if you're if you unfamiliar with that, go back and check out last month. We, uh, we did a full month of requests from people who, uh, who listened to the podcast. Uh, but this one was from someone who uh, explicitly does not listen to the podcast, and that would be my wife. Ellen, uh, but she had uh, asked us to, to do this movie, uh, and it just happens to turn out that Sebastian Stan was in it, so very exciting. Uh, and then we're, we're ending the, uh, the month with uh, an Anthony Mackie film that was uh, fairly recently re- uh, released on Netflix uh, that I'm excited to check out uh, back in that uh, sci-fi adventure uh, genre, so I think we've got a pretty good month ahead of us. I, I think we've... Uh, we, we've given ourselves a little bit of a break from the bullshit. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually excited. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this movie today. Um, and uh, I do want to preface uh, for those, like, I guess we'll do content warning out of the way. So the name of this movie is called Afternoon Delight. Uh, it is available on Tubi, uh, as well as you can get it on a few other sites via uh, paid subscriptions or just renting or something. Um, but this movie does, in fact, contain nudity. Um, uh, there is, uh, drug use and of course, uh, there's some very frank sex talk and, um, language, uh, but, um, uh, yeah, uh, other than that, um, well, I mean, let's dive right in. So Afternoon Delight starring Catherine Hahn. Well, hold up. Yeah. What, uh, what show are we doing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's been, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a week. It's important to remember that because we have so many. 
Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. <laughs> and I am Caleb. What the fuck is the cloud, Coy? <laughs> <laughs> that entire rant is is spectacular. What the it's fuck is the cloud? The Where best. is the cloud? What the fuck is the cloud? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for this. So uh, today we're talking about the movie Afternoon Delight. Now this this is an uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna say an older movie, but this movie came out um, about uh, seven years, well eight years ago now. Um, and this was uh, directed by uh, this was directed by Joey Soloway, uh, but uh, they are credited as Jill Soloway at the time. They were Jill Soloway. Now they go by Joey Soloway. Um, so they they directed this movie, and they've done a few things um, outside of this. They oh by the way, they wrote this movie as well. But they were um, a producer for uh, United States of Terra, producer for Six Feet Under, and a producer for Transparent. Um, uh, the TV series. So some pretty good stuff. Oh yeah. They also executive produce. I love Dick, which is apparently is supposed to be really, really <laughs> fucked up. Um, it's about this woman that, uh, they're like in an open relationship and she ends up getting obsessed with this man named Dick. Um, but like he doesn't know it. And like all she does is talk about it with her husband. And since they have an open relationship, it's kind of like, He's like, okay, yeah, like, do, do, have you talked to him? And she's like, well, I can't, no, I can't do that. You know, so it's just, it's a very, <laughs> it's supposed to be a really crazy show. Um, but yeah, oh, so she was also a consulting producer on Grey's Anatomy. I don't, that's cool. I don't really understand why, but that's, uh, that's pretty dope. Um, yeah. Uh, but they, uh, they seem pretty cool. So anyway, so they wrote and directed this film and, uh, outside of Catherine Hahn, it also, uh, stars, um, Jane Lynch, uh, who is, mm-hmm. plays a very Jane Lynch character in this movie. Um, maybe <laughs> not as over the top of all Jane time. Lynch, but, hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just the worst therapist of all time. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, it starts also has Josh Radner. Um, uh, for those of you who watched How I Met Your Mother, this is, uh, it's Ted Mosby, um uh keegan um, michael key fu- well fun fact uh sawyer ever who plays the uh the young uh boy logan in this movie uh actually also plays young ted in how i met your mother huh oh that's funny that's yeah. funny wait when did yeah. how i met your mother came out this was this before or after i feel like this was after uh, 2014 was how I met your mother. Oh, so this is before, so, oh no, uh, 20, uh, it ended in 2014. So this was at the end yeah, of, so I was like, yeah. Um, oh, I did not know that Josh Radner was in not another teen movie. That's funny. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm trying that to, movie, that movie is great. That is such a fun, Chris Evans, he's so funny. And then uh, Josh Stamberg is in this movie, and he's one of those, uh, oh, that guy actors. Um, but I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. So uh, uh, Josh Stamberg, for those of you who do watch WandaVision, he is uh, director Hayward um, in uh, ah, I knew I fucking recognized that guy. Yeah. Um, that's That's perfect. That's great. Yeah, I, he, he, that was exactly it is. I was like, I know this guy's face. Like, I've seen it before, but I can't, like, put two and two together of how I know this guy's face. And it's because I saw him in WandaVision with Catherine Hahn. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, very crazy. And then, of course, um, if we haven't mentioned, it's uh, Juno Temple also is uh, yep. in this film. She's uh, plays the, the actor, uh, McKen- or plays the character McKenna. Why am I having trouble finding... 
Anyway, go on. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I Maybe this is what you were looking for, but like Juno Temple is one of those actresses that I'm like, oh yeah, Juno Temple. But if you were like, hey, what has she been in? I'd be like, uh, this movie? I cannot. Dark Knight like, Rises. Huh? Dark Knight Rises. Who, who uh, she was she in Dark Knight uh, Selena. She was Selena Kyle's like young protege. Um, I forget the character name, like Jenny or something like that. Uh, um, she was also in the second Sin City movie. I mean, no, the uh, confusion <laughs> that I had was looking for the guy who played director Sandberg or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, I was trying to find him in the credits. Oh, he's all uh, the way down, Josh Stamberg. It's oh, that's because it's, it's his real last name. Um, now I could say, um, I, I thought it was weird that he would be so like low build uh amongst a bunch of people who like i feel like don't necessarily stand out not that they were bad that 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 sounded shitty wow caleb you're an asshole no but i I understand (laughs) what you mean though because like i mean when you have somebody like josh radner who was you know at this point like how i met your mother was one of the most watched tv shows at this time like this is the height of how i met your mother you know and he's like eighth build (laughs) you have jane lynch who's like fourth build like i get it and like link ruez cesar garcia like the two car wash attendants who i feel like we don't even actually see them yeah like i I think they were cut from the movie and they're second and third right yeah it's it's very odd yeah like the top like four people like uh, one of the top people uh doesn't even have a photo (laughs) the other one is just Mm -hmm, doorman mm -hmm. Doorman to what? <laughs> the, the strip club? I, I assume. I don't know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. he was the one who checked like the, the ID. Yeah, the one scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we just uh, just quick sidebar? Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea what Josh Radner is like as like a human? Like, do, have, do we have any inkling if he's like actually an okay person? I ask because I feel like he always plays the biggest fucking weenies. Yeah, I you know uh, I'll be honest. I haven't <laughs> like, I heard feel bad anything bad. I, Here we'll we'll Google. I search think I <laughs> Josh Radner controversy. No, oh no. Why Hollywood won't cast Josh Radner anymore? <laughs> like I don't want to have an unfair opinion of him as a human based on his characters, but like I, I think that I might. Uh, so. <laughs> He's, so this article is basically like uh, uh, people won't re- won't cast him because he's too much like Ted Mosby and that he's just like a very soft spoken nice guy apparently. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, he is. Uh, he's apparently just an, an all right guy, but just gets cast in these guys these roles that you're like. I fucking hate this person. <laughs> you're like, ah, you're such a, <laughs> you're such a twerp. Like, he's just such a dweeb, actually. It's like, uh, it's funny. But yeah, I think that's funny. Like, that's a very funny story of like, Josh Radner, like, oh man, uh, is he like shitty? No, he's just kind of there. <laughs> he's just a, he's just a cool guy, but like, eh. oh, what a cast. All right, one more sidebar. Uh, and this, I promise, is relevant to the podcast. Cool, cool. Uh, Michaela Watkins, uh, who plays Jenny, uh, is going to be in Josh Rubin's new movie, Werewolves Within. 
Uh, Josh Rubin, of course, listeners, if you remember, was the writer, director, and star of Scare Me, one of the best movies that I've ever seen, uh, and certainly one of the best in the the horror genre. Uh, He has a new movie coming up, uh, slated for sometime this year, hopefully that actually happens, uh, called Werewolves Within, uh, which my favorite part of this so far uh, is that it was written by someone whose last name is Wolf. (laughs) That is just... Apparently, that was total coincidence. Fucking brilliant. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I am so excited and for And all that. I want to know is, do the werewolves have guns, and do they get revenge? <laughs> do they get revenge? <laughs> That's all we need to know. That's all That's we, need, all to we need to know. That's it. So, wait. Uh, here's another sidebar. So, I'm going to tell you a moment <laughs> of absolute crazy coincidence, okay? Okay. So, okay. Uh, last night... No, Friday night... I watched the new mutants, um, uh, the movie. So yeah, I, yeah. I watched it. I, I, I hadn't seen it yet. It, it was marred with controversy of reshoots and, and release date pushes and ended up getting pushed like three, you know, for like three years. And finally I watched the movie and I'm like, eh, it's not bad. It wasn't bad, but it's, it's not great. Um, and, uh, so, so Juniper today, my daughter today, I, I was driving her back to her mom's house and she's like, yeah, like she's into drawing right now. So she's like learning how to draw, you know, um, characters and stuff like that. And she was like, I've created these, these like characters and like one of them, she, um, can like teleport and she can like create armor like on her body and has like this cool Mm. sword and another one, she can like turn into a wolf. And I'm like, this is literally the plot of New Mutants. And she was like, and they're all like in this school, but like they're trying to get out of the school. I was like, this is lit. Did you watch this movie? Like, were you paying attention? Like, I didn't even have her on Friday. I was like, how did you? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) It was very, very coincidental. Yeah. Has she seen it? No, she never even heard of it. I was like, that's the movie New Mutants. She was like, I don't know what that is. And I was like this. And I, I like showed her a trailer and she was like, I've never seen this before. And I'm like, what? how did That's you amazing. just like guess the plot of this movie? Well, I mean, obviously that speaks volumes to the plot of that movie, but. Oh, rude, <laughs> rude. You take it back. Uh, you know, I, I was also known for trying to uh, copy existing characters when creating my imaginary comic books as a kid. Um, but I did it more knowingly. Uh, right. And I'm impressed that she was able to to get so close to like the characters and the plot of that movie without having any knowledge of it. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, I, you know, good for her rather than dunking on the movie. Let's just say <laughs> that that speaks volumes to her creativity that she uh, independently came up with a, a Hollywood movie. I, so the other, the other character <laughs> that she uh, described, which actually is very, uh, sounds really fucking cool. And I think you'll appreciate this one too, is a character that uh, was cursed and uh, the way she is cursed is that um, behind one of her eyeballs are tentacles that can come out and grab things, but she's not in complete what? control of the tentacles. So, like, if she gets really angry, the tentacles will just come out and, like, fuck people up <laughs> and then, like, go shit. back into her eye. And I was like, that's actually really fucking cool. <laughs> that's actually that's a really cool character. dope. Yeah. I'm like, that's, like, what a torture. That's, like, Spawn style, like, like... Just tortured, it, like dude, that's fucking cool. Your daughter's gonna be into some weird fucking anime when oh, she grows. It's gonna up. be awesome. I cannot <laughs> wait. I have an entire list of just like shit that, like, once she's mature enough to be like, all right, here's these five anime you need to watch. They are fucked up. 
<laughs> oh, so you like tentacles, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of tentacle anime. You open the vault. Listen. <laughs> Different tentacle anime. That's my kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I got some really fucked up ones. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. What's the one? So, actually, one just came out on uh, um, High Rise Invasion, I think it's called. Yeah. So, one actually just came out on Netflix. Uh, it's, a, it's an anime called High Rise Invasion. Um, I just up. started watching it. This is the most, like, it, it is a crazy anime, but the plot of this is just fucking oh. dope. Oh, God, this looks horrifying. Yeah. So essentially what it is is people are teleported to this other realm, but it looks just like a city, but you are on the tops of buildings. You're on high rises of buildings, and all the buildings are connected via rope bridges. Now, meanwhile, um, there are people with masks, like smiley face masks, coming around basically trying to... Uh, intimidate you or scare you so badly that you kill yourself by jumping off the high rise um, or whatever it is. Um, but if you don't, if you if they can't push you enough to enough despair and and uh, insanity that you kill yourself, they will in fact kill you. And they have guns and swords and stuff like that. But they don't talk. Um, and what we learn is that the masks that the people in the masks are also people that were sent here, but they're like brainwashed. And the mask is like sending them signals, telling them things to do. So if like Whoa. they fuck up, the mask tells it to kill. It basically says like kill yourself. You fucked up. Kill yourself. And like, so like, it's just this crazy fucking story. I'm only like three or four episodes in, um, but damn, is it crazy? And it's, it's very, very violent. Um, and it's pretty fucked up, but, um, it's, it's actually pretty fucking cool. I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to watch more tonight, but it's, it is really fucking cool. I just like the concept of it. The fact that like you wake up on top of a roof and you know, basically it's like either jump off or survive, go. You have literally nothing. Go. Crazy. But anyways. I think maybe you need to go see Jane Lynch. <laughs> so she can tell me the her her uh, relationship status. So Dr. Lenore. <laughs> so this film, uh, I, you know, credit openings to movies um, often are are like, they're just cool scenes, you know, like, uh, I often think back to, like, Napoleon Dynamite, uh, the opening to that movie, you know, where they're, like, making the sandwich, and, like, it's all the food things, and and the prep in the school binder, and it's like, well, it's cool, but it, all it really does is kind of set the tone for the film, but it doesn't add necessarily any plot or, or give you any sort of exposition. However, the opening mm-hmm. credits to this one is Catherine Hahn essentially sitting in her car, getting a car wash, you know, uh, rifling through her her recent call list. And we see that it's like the same three places over and over again. It's like her husband's work, you know, like a school and like a babysitter or something. But it's basically just like the same things over and over and over again. You know, she's sitting in the car wash. She hops over to the passenger seat. She hops in the back seat. It was just such an amazing way to to say like, hey, this is, you know, very cliche thing, but this is a bored housewife. Like this is someone who is just like, uh, I'm in my routine. I'm in my rut here. I'm doing my thing. And this, this is, this, this is it. I guess this is as good as it gets, which, uh, I don't know. I thought it was a really cool way to, 
I thought it was a really cool way to introduce like the character right off the bat. Yeah. And like it's, it's boredom personified. Yeah. But also like, I, I felt that because those car washes can be like, kind of like entrancing almost and just like, just rolling through and there's all the colors and the, mm-hmm. the motion and whatnot. And I love how she's just climbing around to the different seats. Yeah. yeah. But just, yeah, it, it definitely, seeing... it, it's, um, yeah, it definitely sets up like her character as like kind of this ennui. <laughs> nice. nice <fancy. laughs> um, <laughs> And so, uh, and yeah, so um, our main character is Rachel, um, Catherine Hahn, uh, and she is married to uh, Josh Radner, and they have a son, uh, Logan. Um, and so we we meet Rachel, and, uh, you know, right off the bat, we see her, you know, uh, participating in, uh, like, PTA-type activities. You know, she's with a group of women, and, you know, they're like, you know, let me take photos. Okay. Get everybody like this. I'm posting it now. And you can tell like, it's one of those like PTA mom groups that you're just like, Oh my God, shut the fuck up. You know, like, it's just like, oof. you know, we're like being a mom is, is like their, their entire personality. Um, you know, which is fine, whatever, but you know what I mean? Like it's, that's, that's, it's like so over the top that it becomes that like obnoxious, you know, like caricature of, of being an actual, you know, parent. Um, and, and you can tell that she's just like, she's, she's doing the motions, but you like, you can see right off the bat that she's like, fuck, <laughs> like <laughs> just like yeah, metaphorically banging her head against the wall. Well, and of course you instantly have this like very stereotypical group of uh, movie moms where there's, uh, as Alpha, uh, Ellen put it, there's an, an alpha mom yep. who's just kind of really shitty to everyone. Uh, and then there's like one who like everyone kind of like pokes fun at behind her back. And then like, you know, there's like you know, Rachel who's uh, disaffected with it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Rachel and Stephanie are probably the most normal. Rachel and like her, her, I would say the closest friend of that group, Stephanie are kind of mm-hmm. the most normal uh, of all. And I feel like Stephanie probably is the most normal of all because obviously, you know, whereas everyone else is like that, oh, I'm super mom, you know, Rachel is in <laughs> that, like, I'm in a deep, dark depression and I'm about to fuck shit up. And Stephanie's kind of mm-hmm. just like, we're going to have another kid and we have a happy, healthy relationship <laughs> with well, my she's, husband. She's married to Kigo Mike. She's married to Keegan Michael Key. I would also be uh, who happy. I think is <laughs> is wildly underutilized in this movie. Yeah, uh, I I will agree with that uh, completely. I think he has what maybe three lines, and they were likely ad libbed. Yeah, like not enough, not enough screen time. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so so you know, Rachel's going about her business, and and she's talking to Stephanie. Or she first, she, she we see her talking to her therapist. Uh, Jane Lynch and you know uh, they're kind of going over the deal it's like oh so how are you doing with this thing Uh, one of the things was like you know getting down on the floor and playing uh, with her son like you know feeling feeling okay enough to interact now uh, obviously they don't necessarily say it in the film but it's clear that uh, Catherine Hahn is is definitely suffering from something to the effect of uh, of like 
a depression or something. You know, she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's in on herself. She's just, she's completely closed off and cut off from emotions. You know, she mentions her and her husband haven't had sex in months, um, you know, and like it's gotten to the point where they just don't even talk about it because she just, she, she just doesn't even want to talk about it. Like she wants to, and she even says like, I want to, but like every time like it gets to the point where we could, she just kind of like, uh, uh, because she's so in her head about it um, that she ends up just not, uh, not wanting it, um, you know, and make some sort of excuse, you know, same thing. She says, oh yeah, I play with my son. Um, and then it cuts to a scene of him like on her, on his iPad while she's, you know, like texting on her phone and stuff. So you can tell that she's just, yeah. she's just closed off. And she, she's giving these answers like, yes, everything's fine. We're great. We're happy. Yeah. Like I love playing with, a, with, uh, Logan. We make these connections and yeah, you know, things are great with, with my husband, uh, and then, of course, we see the scenes where it's very obviously not. And uh, Dr. Lenore, Jane Lynch, is like, so you don't have to tell me the truth, but it is your time. You did pay for it. <laughs> and so, like, maybe let's actually talk about these things. Uh, and that's the one and only time that she's a good therapist. <laughs> right. Because then she immediately follows it up by being like, let me tell you about my me and my wife Portia. So, and yeah. then she begins to tell a story about like how they, uh, her and her girlfriend, her wife, and how they met and stuff like that, um, which is uh, insanely inappropriate. And then immediately, uh, Stephanie, her, her Rachel's best friend, calls this out and was like, "You really need to fire your therapist. Like this is insanely yes. inappropriate. Like she should not be talking about her personal relationships while trying to therapize you." Um. And agreed, if your therapist does this, uh, or if you are a therapist who does that, you cut that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can see having some degree of uh, making it like a mutual connection to, to empathize, but like, there's definitely a, like, no, that's a line. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, you know, I've had an, an experience similar to that. Like, this is what I did, but it's another thing to be like, well, let me tell you about my good life. Like... <laughs> Let me tell you the intimate moments or, of my relationship by name. It's like, no, what? No. Or my bad life. <laughs> or my bad life. Yes. As, as it ends. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so Rachel's really into it, but she's talking to Stephanie and, you know, they're talking uh, about sex and about how, you know, maybe they, they haven't really, you know, heard that her and her husband really haven't had sex. And Stephanie says, um, Hey, you should, you should give this a shot. So my husband and I, um, we, we go to strip clubs, uh, and we, you know, we go to strip clubs, we get all worked up and then we go home and just, you know, go at it. And it's like a really good way to like kind of build up that, that sort of, uh, sexual tension and, and then to go home and kind of, uh, have that release. It's a really nice intimate thing and sexual thing that we can share together. And, you know, Rachel's like, well, I've never been to a strip club. And she, she poses it to, to Jeff, uh, who was just like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> They make me the opposite of horny. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you ever go to a strip club and there's a buffet, like that is the surefire way for me to be like, this is not having the effect you think it will. All right. So real talk. Okay. I've actually considered going for the buffet in the past. <laughs> I, there was one, I don't know if they still do, but there was one in on the north side of Syracuse that used that was known for their lunch buffet, uh, and uh, far from it being like 
let's go for the boobies. Uh, my old boss at the coffee shop and I used to joke about going for lunch. So I just because they're like, what what is the food like here? So I did it once. <laughs> Um, once. So I worked with this guy, uh, way back, uh, back when, when I was a producer at Fox, I worked with this guy and on his last day, this was a thing. He had talked about it for years. I worked with him for seven years and on, and basically on his last day, he moved to Chicago before he moved everyone. It was like me, him, and there was two other producers, two other female producers. And we were like, all right, man, like, what do you want to do for lunch? Like, it's your last day. We'll do anything. And he's like, I want to go to Paradise Found and do the lunch buffet. <laughs> and so we fucking went to a strip club and did a lunch buffet. <laughs> Here's the four of us like on our lunch break in like our work clothes. <laughs> and like, you know, we're all dressed very nicely at this lunch buffet at a strip club. And it was like, I mean, there was nobody there. It was the most awkward thing in the world. And the food was, I mean, I mean it was time, like Ponderosa like... food. It was, it was okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really like you you can go to a strip club anytime and this is not you know, judging people who do or people who don't like yeah, i'm expressing no, no opinions here uh my curiosity lies entirely with what is the food like <laughs> that's it was just like old country buffet it was like mashed potatoes and like you know finger food pretty much and there was like you know some corn mashed potatoes there was like <laughs> Some like deli meat. I think there was like Why? Salisbury steak or something. Like it was just fucking weird. Why? Right. Like it was just the most like, like it, it was like every food you could possibly name that you would never want to eat while seeing someone naked, no matter how intimate, like even your own spouse eating, like if you're sitting yeah. there eating mashed potatoes, like the last thing you want to do is like see your, your, your spouse naked and like that was all those foods. It was all of that food. And we were just eating and we were like, I mean, listen, I, listen. I just eating corn and we, watching a woman's vagina is not on my top list of things to do. We here at Never Heard of It are committed to not yucking other people's yum. So like True. there are people out there who may very much have a fetish for eating like heavy gut food uh, from a buffet. Uh, and that may be very much a part of their sexual experience. And you know what? Good for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, it was just, it was not appealing to me by all means if that, that is your, gross, if that is your lunch food, like, opinion. Right. It was just, and like, like the thing about Paradise uh, Found, do you remember like Paradise Found had like this tropical feel to it? So like, cause they- You know what it was, right? It was Kahunaville. It was Kahunaville. <laughs> <laughs> they took, Kahunaville was like this- it, it was like Margaritaville with like the tiki statues and they talked and stuff like that. And this strip club called Paradise Found, it used to just look like a normal strip club, you know, with like the, the lights and the glowy balls and stuff like that. But this this restaurant, mm -hmm. Kahunaville, um, which was all tiki'd out, went out of business and Paradise Found went and bought their entire stock of decorations Everything. and then completely decorated the strip club to look like a fucking tiki bar with the talking statues on the side of the stage and it was the weirdest fucking thing but it kind of thank worked. fuck they didn't make them talk though because that would have been so <laughs> so like i i went in there after the transition to the paradise found with all the kahunaville stuff and it was the most bizarre experience because like 
Cajonaville was a big deal when I was younger. Like we didn't go to that mall very often yeah. and I didn't get to go like, I don't think I ate there until like, like right before it closed. Yeah. Uh, so like into my like early adulthood. Uh, but they also had this massive arcade and the talking statues and, you know, you like a lot of it like, with the deck decor and stuff like that was even still there um, long after I started working at that mall. So like it was just it was a part of my formative years experience with that mall. And then to see it all transplanted here into a place where people uh, exchanged currency uh, for the, the pleasure of seeing other people naked. It was a strange experience. It really was. Yeah. And and the fact that, that Paradise <laughs> Found was, uh, at the time, uh, a completely nude uh, uh, club. It wasn't just a topless club. So oh, it was like right, yeah. even more so like... Like pretty great. It, it was. It would be kind of funny though if the statues. So for any of you guys who used to watch uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple uh, as a kid, and yes. you remember Almac, it's the same statue. It literally is like the same idea, except it looks more like a tiki thing with the same sort of voices. Uh-huh. So it'd be like, <laughs> up next is Candy to the stage. She rocks. <laughs> you know, it'd be like. <laughs> well, when they were in the mall, they would like had them like. Uh, on a timer rotation, and mm-hmm. they would like crack like dad jokes to each other all day. Oh, it was, just... <laughs> it was great! I, it was great. You know what? I really miss Cajonaville. That was it was like because it, it was like in a really cool part of our mall too. So it was like down in like the basement underneath like the front entrance. So it seemed like you were entering in this cool little tiki jungle with all the yeah. stuff, and then there was like like waterfalls and like blue light. It was just, it was really fucking cool. I cannot for the it life of me remember what the, what the food was like. We did eat there a few times, but I just remember the atmosphere. The only thing I remember was a pretty banging coconut shrimp. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I think I only ate there once and it was like after, you know, after I went there, like as a, like probably late teens, early twenties, like right before they closed, whenever yeah. that was. Uh, and was going with my own money because uh, my parents weren't paying for Kahuna. <laughs> Do you have Kahuna? It was money? somewhat overpriced, yeah. and it was definitely a pay for the like the novelty sort of place. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, we're gonna yeah. get Wendy's, and you're gonna like it. Well, I mean, yes, I am gonna like it, but damn it, <laughs> but fine. <laughs> Yeah. Um, ah, Can I at least get a frosty? No. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Kahunville was wild. Um, uh, but yeah, so so uh, so Rachel, Jeff, Stephanie, and Bo uh, end up going to Bo is Kegel Mike and Key, uh, Keegan Michael Key. Uh, they end up going to this uh, strip club. Um, so before we continue on with the movie, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick uh, commercial break, but we're going to do it a little differently than we normally do. Instead of cutting away and having some other person talk about uh, a show, we're, we're just going to talk about the shows that you should watch instead oh. as our commercial oh. break. We're, do- we're doing a little different. You seem surprised. Did I know this was happening? However, this was, uh, in fact, uh, in our uh, last uh, meeting. Oh, shit. Maybe you weren't in that meeting. Maybe that was a marketing meeting with no. uh, Andrea. Yeah, I was definitely not in that. <laughs> so. I mean, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I have no problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm going to talk about the show Latchkey Kids. Uh, so uh, Latchkey Kids is a show hosted by Sarah Sweeney. Uh, and uh, basically every week is she uh, grabs one of her internet friends and uh, chats with them about, you know, what they're doing, how they're handling quarantine, uh, or how they handle the quarantine now that it's kind of starting to ease up slightly. 
Um, and, and just, you know, what they do, uh, you know, one of my standout, uh, interviews that she did uh, too, the last two actually was, uh, Greg Baldwin, uh, who was the voice of uncle Iroh on Avatar. Um, oh, she did a two part interview with him and that was just fantastic. It was just a really cool interview to hear about him, like, uh, voice acting, uh, you know, getting into it and like, you know, how everything was, how everything changed uh, over the past year and a half. And then most recently, she did an interview with Tim Long, who is a, a writer for The Simpsons. And that was uh, pretty awesome. And then, of course, at the end, because she can, uh, she has all of her guests do a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song, which uh, is just after after like the really good interviews. It's just like the icing on the cake of these of this show. And I, I think it's really awesome. And you should definitely check it out. Um, you can go to latchkeykidspodcast.com or, of course, nightshiftradio.com to find out more. All right. Hooray! Um, Hooray! But that's our commercial break. That's what we do. Uh, but I do want to mention that, of course, uh, we, uh, if you have not subscribed yet to this podcast, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, one thing we, yeah. we've talked about over the past couple episodes, but we've learned is that most podcast players will not show you bonus episodes or trailer episodes if you are not subscribed. So if you happen to just kind of be getting suggested to watch our show because you or listen to our show because you did before, but haven't actually hit that subscription, button you're actually missing a whole bunch of content um that we put out so we put out content. a trailer every week and, and we've you know we've been known to do bonus episodes in fact we will be doing another one uh this weekish uh in the next week or so so you'll definitely want to make sure you subscribe uh and of course the really really big one and i cannot stress this enough if you if you can do anything leaving a rating and review is insanely helpful for the show. Um, it helps uh, rank us higher so more people discover the show, so more people can suggest crazy movies for us to watch, uh, and uh, we can have uh, way more content. So definitely do that if you have the opportunity, um, you know, uh, by rating reviewing either here um, or on Podchaser if that's a thing you're on. And if you're not, don't bother looking it up. It's fine. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's a it's a cool site, but like you know, if it's not a thing you already know about, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be anything to you. <laughs> if podcasts are like really your thing, then look into it. Then look into it. Yeah, 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 totally. But if if you're like, hey, I listen to like four podcasts, don't worry about it. Just keep listening to us, and you'll be fine. Go to nightshiftradio.com. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, nightshiftradio.com. Uh, which, of course, you can uh, go to to find out about all of the great shows we have uh, on the Night Shift Media Group network, uh, including some brand new stuff that we have either recently announced or are about to announce. Uh, so stay tuned for some really great... I mean, we are about to hit our one uh, our first anniversary. You don't really say one-year anniversary because right. it's, it's only happened once. Uh, our first anniversary as a network, uh, which coincides... Uh, coincidentally with the third anniversary of never heard of it so uh lots of great stuff happening uh you know it's been it's been a wild ride and, and we can't wait to keep building on it uh and of course uh if you don't know already uh you can always check out what we here at never heard of it have going on by visiting the where we have our uh, a link to upcoming episodes with you new know, trailers and links to uh where you can find the movie streaming if uh, available and, of course, uh, the contact form where, as we mentioned earlier, people sometimes uh, suggest movies for us to uh, watch and talk about. Uh, and you can do that right through our, our website. 
Uh, of course, uh, Michael, I think uh, people sometimes do that through social media, yeah? Yeah, actually, uh, very frequently we've gotten uh, tweets where people have been like, yo, you should check out this trailer and watch this movie. Um, so you can do that at The Nahoit Podcast. That's the N-H-O-I-T podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, we, we've had on multiple occasions people tweet movies to us um, being like, hey, this is crazy. You guys should totally watch this. Actually, we just got one today. Um, yeah. someone recommending the cube movies, which we've talked about, but oh we haven't, God. we haven't reviewed them, but we have mentioned them. Caleb, you mentioned them, uh, yeah. a few episodes ago. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, uh, a person named Kevin, who's a, another St. Louis uh, local, who's uh, very passionate about the city and all things going on around here that I, I follow, uh, specifically for those reasons. Uh, but Kevin, uh, suggested the, the cube movies and, uh, uh, specifically Cube 2, uh, which, uh, if you'll recall, is uh, Cube 2 Hypercube, uh, which, as I explained to Kevin, I, I have, in fact, seen all of the Cube movies. Uh, I watched the first one when it came out. Uh, I watched it on, on DVD, I think, with my family, which was a very awkward experience yeah. uh, because it's a brutally violent movie, yeah. uh, and kind of a precursor to the like the, the Saw-type movies, the, the torture porn sort of stuff. Uh, and then uh, I actually watched Cube 2 Hypercube uh, on a date night once, which was slightly less weird, uh, just given the person that it was with, uh, but still a very weird experience. Um, Kevin, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the suggestion, and you know, we, we have in the past committed to always uh, following through on suggestions. I'm not sure I can do that to myself again, <laughs> uh, but you know what? If, if uh, my, my fortitude returns, uh, we'll give that a go. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a a month where we just do the cube movie straight through. Oh boy! Um, yes. <laughs> oh god. So those are all the ways on all the things. Uh, so now that's all done, we can get back to afternoon delight. So uh, Rachel and Jeff uh, and crew uh, roll up into the strip club, you know, and they're having a good time. You know, they're hanging out. They're you know they're drinking, and you know people are dancing. Um, and surprisingly, little nudity in the strip club. Uh, it was a, a very small amount. Um, but anyway, so so uh, Jeff pays for a lap dance uh, for Rachel um, with this girl uh, uh, McKenna, who is uh, um, Juno Temple. And so, you know, Juno Temple takes her into the back room. She does her whole lap dance thing. You know, it's very, like, you can tell that, you know, it's kind of like somewhat awakening things, not, not necessarily in a, in a, uh, in a sexuality way, but just sort of awakening kind of that, that like her personal sexuality of like how she feels and stuff like that. And she's starting to like mm -hmm. feel, and she's like, oh, wow, like, blah. Um, you know, and, and so she, you know, after the, the lap dance, she's off on one side of the club and she sees McKenna who kind of like gives her a little nod and a wink, you know, and she was like, oh, okay. Um, and so they go home and, you know, uh, Jeff and, uh, Rachel, they're like, Hey, like, let's, let's do this. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do it, you know, right now. Like I'm gonna, you know, and they're being really awkward about it. And uh, then she proceeds to uh, vomit, and <laughs> so yes. ends their intimate night. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he's like, it's fine, it's fine. You know that I love awkward movies. That's kind of one of my yeah. my like genres that I, I really gravitate to. This one was incredibly awkward, even by my standards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was... Uh, it was it was pretty wild. So 
So right off the bat after this, um, we see it's been about a week and we see that Rachel is just she's just thinking about that experience. So she actually ends up going back out to this club and finding McKenna and like finding a way to bump into her just outside, you know, at like this coffee place. And, you know, she ends up uh, talking and she ends up meeting up with her a couple of times and they just kind of like start to become friends. Um, And, you know, at at one point it basically leads up to McKenna's car ends up getting towed and like all her stuff is there. Her boyfriend kicks her out and she was like, well, what am I going to do? And uh, Rachel is there and she's like, why don't you stay with me? And uh, thus begins the absolute fucking hellstorm of this movie. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go Uh, wrong? This stranger that I literally don't know who clearly has fucked up situations happening. So first of all, it's important to to state, and for any long-term listeners of the show, you know that we fully support sex workers and feel that sex work is real work. Uh, and so you know, when we talk about the events of this movie, we are in no way passing judgment on the character of McKenna for her chosen profession. Uh, but the rest of the characters are really shitty to her about it. So uh, it may at some point, as we discuss it, come across as though uh, we agree uh, and we do not. Uh, so... That said, don't fucking feel like you have to save someone from being in in sex work, right? If, you know, right. If that's their choice, I mean, if if they are, if that is not their choice, if they are genuinely in uh, in da- in danger and like in duress, then yes, do what you can to help them. But don't feel like you're you're their savior by like you're gonna you're gonna get them out of that life. You're gonna you're gonna show them what real I'm, work I'm is. No, it. fuck that. Like, no, that's not shit. <laughs> uh, Listen, we literally record podcasts like we're we're like lower, like in in most people's judging world, like we're lower than most sex workers, like in terms of job respect. But so the thing is about we don't even make money doing what we do. (laughs) So so the thing about this is, is that Rachel starts this off as like a. Well, you know, she tries to justify it by being like, oh, well, you know, she didn't have anywhere to go. And, you know, I, you know, she, she clearly looks like, you know, she's young. Cause like when she gets the lap dance from her, she asks her how old she is. And, and McKenna says she's 19 and she's like, oh, she's just this kid. Like she just needs mm-hmm. help. Like she has nowhere to go. You know, she's stripping for money, you know, and that sort of thing. So like in her head, she tries to justify it as like, no, I'm, I'm going to save this child by like propping her up and help her do this thing. And it starts off altruistic but really her ulterior motives are she's trying to like fix the thing inside of herself yeah well and they they make a point early in the movie of showing the the mom's group uh making sandwiches for for the unhoused um but doing it for the instagram likes yeah uh so very much not doing it like out of the goodness of their hearts but doing it for show uh and then when uh, Rachel takes McKenna in and she's trying to like explain and let's be honest, justify this decision to Jeff. Uh, she says, you know, I do all this work for the, uh, the homeless, but like, here's someone who's actually homeless right in front of me. And how could I turn her away? And like, okay, that makes sense. Like that, that feels like someone who's trying to do actual good. 
But then, like, the more that she actually learns about McKenna and how McKenna doesn't just dance, she also uh, meets with clients and performs sexual acts for money. Uh, and she refers to herself as a sex worker. And both Rachel and Stephanie are like, what's a sex worker? Yeah. Nah, like, oh, come on. You, you know. Uh, but, yeah, the more that she learns about McKenna, the more she feels like she has to step in as this, like, mother figure, as this savior yeah, it, it and it's it, it builds up onto that like like I said like the first part of it you know when she talks about hey I have nowhere to go, hey I'm six months sober like yes those are great things to step in and help someone mm-hmm. with but the other part is not the part that she actually needs help with at all in fact yeah. like she's very established with that and she's like no I'm fine with that she's like if you know I I make six thousand dollars in one night. She's like, and I'm perfectly okay. But then we see that she is perfectly okay with it too. Uh, one of the instances in the film is, you know, after after a severe breaking point, you know, Rachel decides to go with uh, McKenna to one of her appointments to be like the side mm-hmm. girl because this client likes it when he's with McKenna and another girl watches. Um, and mm-hmm. so she's like, okay, yeah, I will do that. I will go with you and do this. And, you know, she kind of has that moment of like, you know, fine, I'm going to do it, but then just, you know, completely freaks out. Now, mind you, she should freak out. She's married and didn't tell her husband. She ends up like, you know, like being involved. I mean, not like sexually involved, like directly, but it's enough where it's like anyone would consider this cheating. So we should probably like, you should probably take this, take this down a notch a little bit, you know, and this is, but she has that moment of like, oh my God, like, what the fuck? I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want her to be a part of that because she's been like, she's been lying to her other friends. Stephanie knows, but she's been lying to her other friends saying that she's a nanny uh, for Logan. And Mm -hmm. then she was like, no, I don't want her to be a part of anything. You know, and she freaks out and, you know, we have our moments. Now, uh, trivia fact, uh, this movie, so again, this movie came out in 2013. And uh, during this year, uh, Quentin Tarantino listed this film as one of his favorite films that came out this year. And in watching this movie, I was like, of all movies, why would Tarantino like this movie? Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm watching the movie as it goes, and I'm like, why would Tarantino? I mean, it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, why is it? And then it gets to the moment where there's a very intimate and close-up foot massage uh, that McKenna (laughs) gives to me. And I was like, ah, that's what it is. That's... There it is. That's yes. that's the only reason. <laughs> Which and you never watch the rest of the movie. Uh, I mean, <laughs> a foot massage feels real good. And I got it, man. Like she's using the like this like menthol, like basically yeah, like, like, like vapor rub. rub without saying the brand name. Yeah, like that's got to feel real good. Right. Like the the heat and the cool. Oh, well, God. she does the thing, and then she immediately puts the sock on it. And she's like, "You got to keep it warm." Like that's like. Hmm. That's like the OG, and that's, yeah, it, it probably was pretty fantastic. But nonetheless, that that's is... That's good medicine. Yeah, the only reason That's good why. medicine. <laughs> but so so that moment, so now mind you, uh, uh, Stephanie has been living there, and there really hasn't been any sort of sexual tension per se. Um, like, she's not really flirty with Jeff. Jeff, in fact, just like actively avoids her at all costs and he's not creepy at all i have to give it to the writer um uh, joey they did a very good job because this is like typically the perfect way to be like 
bring this woman in. Husband sleeps with woman. What, you know, wife says, what the fuck? Why'd you sleep with this woman? And he's like, why did you bring this woman into my house? Like, like, yeah, I fucked up, but like, this is fucked up. Like you, you actively brought a sandwich in and then said, don't eat it. And then let it like push against my lips. You know, that's a 50, 50. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've got a weird analogy thing going, but but you know what I mean? Like, this is this is that typical Hollywood thing where they throw that situation in and you know, and you're like, oh, the husband's going to fuck her. But but he doesn't. And it's great. I'm very, mm. very pleased by it. I'm actually very happy because he, you know, he and he even admits to there was a lot to this movie that I'm like, you broke so many great cliches minus mm-hmm. minus the whole like everybody kind of dumps on the sex worker, but then never. Like, there's no resolution to being like, oh, hey, we were fucked up. Sorry, McKenna. Sorry, we were fucked up. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we're shitty to you. Like, there's never any of that in the movie. Everyone just be like, man, we were really fucked up. And then we just sort of kicked that girl out. And then we never heard from her again. She was almost like a manic pixie (laughs) dream girl to Rachel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, that's that's actually kind of funny. Comparison. Yeah. Yeah, And I I feel like if anything... uh, the writer used this as a way to like further reinforce how like aloof and disconnected uh, and kind of like out of touch Jeff was with, uh, with Rachel and with, you know, his child and with their home and how like he had just put everything into, into work. And like, that was all he cared about, uh, which in in itself was a bit of a, a trope, but like, it played really well to the point where like bringing this young woman, this young sex worker into their home at no point was like a temptation for him because he, he wasn't present. Yeah. He even says that too. He was like, he's like, I, he's like, I realize like I've been asleep too. Like I, I have not noticed, you know, I haven't noticed you, you know, being in this, you know, being in this state, like being, you know, sort of depressed and having those feelings. I didn't, you know, then actually there is a moment when, um, Jeff sort of like has that moment. So later in the film, um, uh, you know, this is after the point where, uh, she's gone off, where Rachel has gone off with McKenna on a, on a job, you know, and she comes back and she's like, freaking out. Oh my God. I don't want this woman in my house. I don't want her near the kids. Like, uh, Jeff tell her she's gotta go away or something. You know, so Jeff says, hey, oh, she's supposed to, like, uh, babysit a bunch of the 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 PTA mom's girls. And then she was like, yeah. no, we don't want that. Like, tell her no. And so Jeff was like, hey, you can't babysit the girls. And he's like, okay, well, truth be told, you know, they find out, they found out, you know, the details about what you do. And now they're not comfortable with you being around their kids. Um, you know, they're like preschoolers because, like, preschoolers totally know about sex work or the implication of the morality of that in any way whatsoever. Totally. Totally. Um, totally. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. As, as do all three-year-olds. And, uh, and so, you know, at this point, uh, McKenna is like, okay, you know, so like, she's like, you know, fuck you, get off your high horses. She ends up breaking her sobriety. Uh, you know, Jeff has a bunch of the guys over and she's supposed to have left, um, because he's having his friends over. Um, and she ends up staying, she ends up, you know, getting trashed. She tries to, uh, actually come on to Jeff like she she starts like kind of dancing around like doing lap dance type things and she gets on Jeff and gets really close and he like pushes her away and he's like what the fuck is going on and Mm -hmm. she ends up sleeping with um uh Josh Stamberg who is the husband of Jenny the like 
uh, alpha female of the PTA group. And it's just all fucking hell breaks loose and like Rachel and, and Jeff like fight and Josh and Jenny, you know, get divorced and, you know, they kick McKenna out and it's just, it's just a fucking mess. It's a mess. Um, all of this, like the, the poker night shenanigans are happening at the same time as the, the women are having a women in wine night. Yes. Uh, and you see throughout it that Rachel is getting progressively more and more drunk and like in her head and starts bringing up, uh, really awkward, uh, subjects. She starts talking about like, does anyone ever wonder what their abortions would have ended up like, uh, like digs into that and then she's like have you ever had an open eye orgasm and like it's like a really weird fucked up version of uh that uh what jonathan frakes show oh yeah <laughs> you, ever, you ever have an open eye orgasm <laughs> you can picture him saying right rides up on his bicycle have you false never happened false. <laughs> it's not true and then like you know, the like at one point she gets so trashed that she like slips up and calls uh what uh, what's the the one Amanda I think uh, uh, yeah the, the one that they all dunk on yeah yeah Amanda uh, yep. you know behind her backs they call behind her back they call her kosher Amanda uh, and they make fun of her like resting facial expression and all this stuff uh, and she slips up and calls Amanda that and then like. Instead of like immediately apologizing, just like really goes all in on like oh, you're you know you do a, like you're so uppity and follow all the rules about like really just lays into her like really shitty to her, yeah. And like the women are having a bad time, like this is, yeah. <laughs> let's be real, everyone's having a bad time, uh, except Josh, <laughs> right? Or sorry, Matt, uh, jo- Josh Stamberg, Matt, uh, Matt's having a great time, yeah. Yeah, 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 and I mean that whole scene was awkward. I mean because you know Rachel obviously is like you know this is this is the epitome of her breaking point, and she's just going all mm-hmm. out and like talking about crazy things and you know some of the things that you know the women get on. I you know I have to say that scene felt. I think what makes that scene feel more awkward is that it felt real. Like I felt like I was actually mm. watching that take place. They actually seemed drunk to me. They actually seemed like they were having this conversation from experience, like it felt very real to me. Um, and mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if this was one of those films where they, they send the actors like a 10 page script and like, Hey, these are the things you have to hit, but like, feel free to fill like that whole scene. Like she'd be like, Hey, this is, this is what the feeling needs to be. You know, the writer, you know, Joey was, was like, Hey, you have to, Talk about being an abort, you know, having an abortion. Talk about, you know, being promiscuous in your twenties and poor. You know, talk about awkward sexual experiences and like masturbation. Like, bring up these points and try to make them as awkward as possible. Also, you're trashed. Go, and like, yeah. And then they just went and but, just and just did it, and it felt like that. And Stephanie drops the news that she's pregnant with another kid, mm-hmm. and that uh, brings out of Rachel this whole thing where like you get a sense that you know, she wanted to have more kids and like she didn't want to stop at Logan, but also like feels like she's trapped in this like wife, mother, suburban housewife uh, life. And like, she doesn't like necessarily know if one direction it was right or wrong for her. And like, you know, did she make any right decisions in her life? And like, she like, it's all coming out of her like at once. And she just feels like a total train wreck. Uh, and yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right that it, it feels very genuinely delivered by all of the women in this scene. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, there, so there's a couple of moments throughout the movie that, that have those sort of feelings where you feel like she's stuck in this moment, like she's trapped in this moment of time and she's only now realizing it. And one of the moments is, uh, um, they're, they're swimming in a pool and this is McKenna has just kind of shown up and they're swimming in a pool. And, you know, finally, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone was like, fine, we're, you know, instead of just, you know, dipping our legs in and drinking, like we're actually going to get in and, and swim like, like for real. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to do that too. And she takes her shirt off and she has a nursing bra on. And her friend Stephanie was like, are you wearing a a nursing bra? She was like, yeah. She was like, she's like, Logan's five years old. Throw the fucking bra away. (laughs) 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 Just like, that's just such a great moment. And it was hilarious. But at the same point, like it just shows that like, she she lived lived up her life, you know. She talks to McKenna earlier, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I, you know, uh, wanted to to be be a war like a wartime journalist. I wanted to be a journalist and report on that, but I ended up working for a PR firm, and then I had a kid, and I just sort of stopped. Like she just her life just mm-hmm. paused, and then like Jeff's took off. Like he he had been struggling, you know, as an app developer, and then one of his apps just exploded, and he ended up selling his company for a shit ton of money." And, you know, now that he just kind of like does things, you know, as, as rich people do. Um, and, uh, you know, but she was like, but I just didn't do anything. Like I just, you know, it one year led into another and I was just exactly where I was when Logan was born. Like, so she's just like, has that slice of, of her life that's just frozen in time. And that's what leads Mm -hmm. up to, you know, the big break and everything that we've seen and, and, you know, the movie concludes with all of the explosion of everybody around her, you know, a marriage explodes, like theirs almost explodes, um, which, uh, you know, I thought it was great that they did end up kind of reconciling. Um, but then again, McKenna just kind of fucks off and there's no resolution to her. And that's the the end of the movie, which is my only criticism of this movie. Yeah, that's the, the thing that I, I, I kind of mused out loud because uh, i i watched this movie separately and ellen actually started it after because she likes Catherine hahn and it sounded like an interesting movie um and so like i was musing out loud it it feels like yes it was a quote-unquote happy ending but like every character still has a lot of shit to work through yeah and like to that extent it kind of feels like somewhat more realistic that like Nobody's lives like wrapped up in a neat little bow, but also it almost feels like a little bit too much of a like like they they tried to to wrap one story up neatly and the rest like it's like you know the the times that I like if you you've never seen me wrap a present but if you ever see me wrap a present I'll get like one fold perfect and the rest looks like a fucking three year old put it together <laughs> uh, because I I never learned <laughs> to fold paper neatly and like tape and stuff like that um, it's like that but as a movie <laughs> but as a movie yeah and and i will say that that jeff and rachel the at the end of the movie they're not like look our marriage is saved uh, they are very much like okay this is a thing we need to work on this is a thing we need to work on this is a thing you need to work on individually this is a thing i need to work on individually like mature adults do um you know they realize that there's the things they need to work on together and then the things that they need to work on separately in order to make those middle things work out better and, and like they leave it at the fact that that they understand the next steps but we it's not just like a you're right. I should listen more. Da 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 da. The end. You know, it is very much like but, a. This is just the beginning. 
one thing I, I will give the uh, the the filmmakers credit for uh, when I say that it feels like it had a little bit of a happy ending. Uh, I mean, they literally end on uh, Rachel orgasming. Yes, this is true. And laughing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> out of joy. Um, out of sheer joy. Happy ending. Did he? <laughs> uh, that was good. That was good. I knew you'd get it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Afternoon Delight streaming on Tubi TV as well as some other services. Should you watch this movie? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Catherine Hahn is amazing in it. Um, I I think uh, it's it's a cool story, minus the fact that we we kind of uncovered that it is somewhat of a manic pixie girl, but in a different way for for a woman instead of a man this time. Um, but nonetheless, um, but but I still think it's a great movie. And if you were fans of Catherine Hahn from either Mrs. Fletcher, which was also fantastic, um, basically Afternoon Delight is the movie version of Mrs. Fletcher. Um, uh, so if you watch Mrs. Fletcher, watch that. Uh, but other than that, uh, another thing that I think is very interesting, and this is out of pure coincidence, Catherine Hahn was in Anchorman, uh, which sang the song Afternoon oh, yeah. Delight, and then she yeah. was in the movie Afternoon Delight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is a pure coincidence. Um, but yes, Wait, I she think was, you should watch this movie. She was the voice of Doc Ock in Into, Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, the the female Doc Ock. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, yes, I, I agree. I mean, uh, again, this is an incredibly awkward movie. Uh, it is a very uncomfortable movie. Uh, but if uh, if like me, you enjoy that uh, in your in your films, then by all means, do watch it. If if you don't, I don't know what to tell you. I I. I don't know what that's like. I mean, you've gone this far. You might as well watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, for this episode. We're going to be back again next week. And uh, next week, we're going to be doing the Sebastian Stan film, uh, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which is available on Netflix. But again, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, You'll be able to find out on the trailer. Yeah, also a, a Shirley Jackson novel that it's based on. Yeah. Uh, the the writer of The Haunting of Hill House. So yeah. uh, it's going to be pretty very, exciting. Very, uh, very interesting and uh, can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you next time. Bye. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.